Hey, I'm Maria. I work at a labor union by day and write and watch too much TV by night. I like to say I've been firmly in the CW's clutches since it was the WB. As the great Seth Cohen on the OC once said about the fictional teen drama, The Valley, TV teen dramas are mind-numbing escapism. They exist in a fantasy world where 20-something hot actors are usually cosplaying high schoolers in melodramatic depictions of adolescents. But that's honestly why I love teen dramas so much. I love the tropes and the ships and the not-at-all-subtle product placement. I love the early aughts theme songs and the cameo performances by pop-punk bands. I love the newer generation of shows that are more diverse and representative of the vastness of teenage girldom. And I especially love the moments when TV teen dramas get political. You guys, we can organize, stand together, speak with one voice. Karl Marx has come alive for me today. Now it just seems so obviously wrong that those who control capital should make their fortunes off the labor of the working class. Well, since you've fired us, you've given us plenty of time to kick in. Workers of the world, unite! Throw off the Welcome to season two <laughs> yes. of Leftist Teen Drama. We are back after a short break that I needed. As you listen to season one, I talked in the finale about how I needed, like, you know, a break and not to just constantly be putting content out like crazy, like every week. It's just not sustainable for me. So instead, we are, you know, taking a little hiatus in between the seasons and then we'll be coming to you with uh, this time 10 episodes season. So 10 weeks of content starting now. And we're happy that y'all are here with us again. Because we have a lot of of fun stuff to talk about this season. And today I am joined once again by my friend Emma. Hello. And I'm mic'd up. Yes. (laughs) Can you hear me? Testing one, two, three. (laughs) Yeah. We've upgraded some tech. A lot of things are happening behind the scenes. I don't want to get too uh, in the weeds with it, but you know. I guess, like, I, I, if you are new to the podcast, like, me and Emma went to college together, and we did a lot of college labor organizing, student labor organizing together. So I just, I just say that because I feel like it's probably going to come up since we're going to be talking about, like, a protest, a student protest movement Absolutely. Today. <laughs> Absolutely. That is me in context, Maria. Um <laughs> But no, it, it, it's 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 all happening. All the all the memories of, by the way, by uh, of college when I'm realizing I was it's what it's 2021 now. So it was like more than 10 years ago that I started college. So because I'm a couple of years older than Maria. Yeah. So that is also like, you know, more than a decade ago, I can now say it was. Uh, and, and also like the start of my uh, like activism with college was 2011, really. So it was a decade ago. So it's wild, like that. That this is this is all happening ten years later. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. old. I've definitely listened to a couple podcasts in the last couple months about like the ten year anniversary of Occupy, and I'm just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that is. That- 
it's making me feel some type of way for sure. But today we're going to go even farther back in time to what I feel like is kind of like the OG teen drama, or at least the teen drama that affected like all the teen dramas we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a very influential show in that it had all of the characters like talking about their feelings and boys crying and... <laughs> Yeah, no, and I didn't even watch Dawson's Creek. Like, I was weird, and I didn't watch it when it was on air, like, but I was very aware of the characters and the theme song. Yes. Like, and, like, just the tropes in it, like, while it was airing. And then, like, in college, I had binged Dawson's Creek. Like, when it was airing, I just, like, I don't want to like that i knew that so well and like it also it like reminded me of like i don't know just like it like it's nostalgic for me even though i didn't actually watch it at the time it was on air yeah i had a very similar experience i feel like maybe we were just like a tad too young to have like caught it yeah actively airing because like i think it aired from like 90 sometime in the late 90s to 2003 so like yeah i guess we weren't like that we were just like just barely not the target audience at the time it was airing but i just i remember just being a cultural force like i knew yes. dawson I yes knew dawson and joey where i knew pacey was and then yes. also you know i actually remember on the amanda show the moody's point parody yes yes <laughs> like, i do i feel like i had seen a full episode of that before i had seen a full episode of dawson's creek yet probably I knew, I knew what they were referring to it was just like such a right and it's weird because riverdale is kind of the like dawson's creek of today where it's like kind of like the right. uh, the quintessential teen drama that's been on for a while. I feel like One Tree Hill was that for a while too. Like very much so. the OC. Yeah, I think so, One Tree yeah. Hill and the OC might both like actually like name Dawson's Creek characters by name at different points. Like <laughs> really, I know that definitely at the beginning of One Tree Hill, they kind of like allude to the fact that Lucas, the the Chad character, and that him and his best friend like aren't a Dawson and Joey, even though they have the same like setup of potentially being each other's Dawson and Joey. I just feel like it was like one of the teen dramas that like I was like we have to find a way to talk about this on on the show and absolutely so even though I didn't watch it the first time around I like you I think it might have been right after college I binged it on whatever streaming service it was on it was on Netflix but the thing is they had the wrong theme song that bothered me yes they recently the right one did they okay yes they tweeted about it when they did they were like it's finally here and I was like oh Oh my my god God." so yeah so doing my rewatch preparing for this podcast I got to listen to the OG theme song oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's so amazing because I loved like I like that song like I don't know what it was like that really brings me back that really is like a a, just like a dose of late 90s nostalgia for me is like hearing that song exactly and like honestly like theme songs in general we've discussed in this show before like just the fact that there is an iconic theme song that when you hear it you think of the show like it doesn't really happen as much anymore so that's also a relic of its time in a way Mm -hmm. but yeah so the first time i watched i think this is like like i think when Haley was on we ended up talking about this i watched the first time and i got through the first four seasons and then at the end of season four like pacey and joey break up and i was like devastated i was like i cannot continue like (laughs) so it, it took me 
until like a couple years and then i during the pandemic i was like i'm gonna go back i'm gonna finish i want to know what happens in college i know pacey and joey are endgame i can make it <laughs> so oh my god i started again from season three because i didn't want to deal with seasons one and two where dawson and joey's bullshit is like at a maximum i hate dawson i think that's an important thing for everyone I to know <laughs> I mean, does anyone like? Is he in, is he endearing in any way? No, he's and even like yeah. the worst as time has gone on because his actions have become like creepier and creepier. Oh yeah, like but also the fact that it's called like named out like it's his creek though. Yeah, yeah, like come on, it really should be Joey's creek. I feel like by I feel like at some point it shifted in during the show and like Joey was really like it felt like the main character. Um, oh yeah, like I think of Dawson's Creek and I I, I think of her. Like I I like before I think of Dawson. Like it's, yeah. I don't know, like her her face just like comes to comes to comes to my head. Yeah, it's just like a young Katie Holmes, and you're like yes, and then like a young Joshua Jackson. Like oh, I love Joshua. Jackson I he is a beautiful wife Jodie Turner Smith and they are just she is like team Pacey and she like has tweeted that on on like oh the my Twitter god before. And I just think it's adorable like yes team Pacey literally forever Joshua Jackson's wife <laughs> co-signed it <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> um, it just Googled them and they're a beautiful couple. Yeah, and I think they have this. I think they have children. Yeah. Yeah, no, they do, according to these paparazzi photos. <laughs> and so, yeah, so um, we're finally talking about this show. So I thought it would be great for the season two premiere to talk about such an iconic teen drama. And we are specifically talking about Joey Potter today. So, yeah, it really is the Joey show. So, we're going to talk about mostly the episode To Green with Love which is Dawson's Creek 316, which originally aired on February 16th, 2000. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But we're also going to talk a little bit about the episode that preceded it, which is called Crime and Punishment. One thing that I will say is that I had an alternative title for this episode that I ultimately ruled out, which is Direct Action is Hot, but Joey's College Boyfriend is Not. Um, (laughs) So we're going to talk about that, too. This, This episode has it all. It has problematic relationships between somebody who seems to to be a college upperclassman and a high school junior which i yikes kids don't do that (laughs) and so this episode just really like has it all like it has that it has direct action it has some racial issues it has criticism of like media bias of like protest movements and a lot to chew on when it comes to the idea of like crime and punishment and and uh privilege plus this episode serves as an important stop on the pacey joey slow burn train so really it has it all <laughs> so Dawson's Creek season three in general is I think like just like a pinnacle of like teen drama television. Like I highly recommend if you're just like need to binge a season of teen drama television, this is one that I would always go to just because like the Pacey and Joey tentative friends to lovers, slow burn. Basically what we're talking about today is her leading a student protest movement, like is kind of right before she realizes her feelings for Pacey too. So she's really like coming into her own toward the end of the season in a lot of different ways. And so right smack in the middle of all of this is Joey's moment of teen girl rebellion. And this is like the time she basically leads a small town protest movement for a little bit. And it's all centered around Prince 
Principal Green, who is a new principal introduced in the first episode of season three. Casey, like, gets detention in that, like, first scene for some sort of, like, Che Guevara joke he makes or something. Like, I don't even fucking know. Wild. I know. (laughs) And so then, like, it's just, you know, it's kind of clear that Principal Green is going to play a role like this because throughout the season leading up to this episode, he really plays a role in, like, almost every main character's, like, plotline at some point. You know, we see a lot of shitty teen drama principles, right? Like, I do... Yeah, that's a trope for sure. Yeah, I do feel like Principal Green is written as, like, a very, like, caring, good guy who, like, wants his students to, like, find their passions and, like, run with them. He's a parent of a student at the school who, like, kind of comes in, like, halfway through and ends up being, like... And, oh, I think it's so important to know Principal Green is a black man, and we're talking about Cape Cod. So, like, right. uh, that very much plays a role in this plot line. And so his, like, black daughter ends up being better at film than Dawson. And they kind of have, like, a rivalry, which I love. Because <laughs> I just love him kind of, like, actually getting handed his ass and by someone who isn't a white man. It's just he's, just a, he's just a mediocre white guy. He really, really is. And I think maybe the reason it's so painful is because he's like a mediocre white film guy and having like gone to school with so many of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. It's like, this is so real. I hate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's, yeah, there's a certain reason like you like hate, watched, loved Dawson's Creek, right? To like get out all that, especially after college. <laughs> like, built up frustration in all the mediocre white college uh, film men yes uh um let's hope that none of them had like a girl next door who they manipulated to the extent that uh dawson did because major yikes all around <laughs> yeah so principal green like has like a one-on-one with joey helping advise her about like the psat because you know she's kind of like a working class kid who's trying to get a merit scholarship he kind of takes like andy under his wing and she serves on the disciplinary committee which i think is kind of a bad move because she ends up acting like a fucking cop (laughs) but oh no (laughs) then it turns out that she had actually cheated on the psat and she was kind of doing it to punish herself by punishing others and principal green is there for that too you know so he plays a big role he also at one point catches Casey and Joey skipping class and punishes them by forcing them to be the mascot mule together, which I think <laughs> makes him a pejo shipper. Like, come on. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's Principal Green. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like kind of built up all season to be like an important part of the school and like an improvement to the school. Like he's the new principal and like everybody seems to like him and like go to him with their problems and you know. It's kind of refreshing. And then obviously it all is threatened by a bunch of angry parents. Classic. Yes, yeah, so we'll leave that for the time being. I feel like we're going to see a lot of um, COVID metaphors, by the way, in this one. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot going on this topical here. And it's kind of, you know, in that like, oh, my God, this piece of history from 2000 is actually pretty relevant 21 years later. I feel like we're definitely going to feel a lot of that this episode. Putting that aside for now, just so that we can like, you know, it's all going to converge the Joey and her men aspect of all of this because don't forget we have college boyfriend in the mix. So the J- the Pacey Joey slow burn is kind of going strong. They've been spending more time together. He's been helping her and her sister if they're B&B mm-hmm. they started. And so of course it's time to like, you know, intro.
introduce a love interest to make, you know, Hafey jealous and realize his feelings for Joey. So AJ is introduced when they go to Boston to, like, have a college visit. And AJ and Joey have gender-ambiguous names, so they get assigned roommates. And I'm sorry, but that's, like, the creepiest setup for a relationship. Oh, in my opinion, Because he's, like, a TA. Like, it'd be one thing if maybe he was, like, a freshman and he was, like, you know, like, 18 yeah. or something. But, like, that's not who they pair people with. Like, it's like, They wouldn't ever pair a student that's on the tour or, like, a, a testing the school out with a actual... I guess sometimes they do that as, like, a mentorship thing, right? Don't they? Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but, but the fact that he's a TA just... Is, oh, I know. Yeah. It's all... He self-identifies from the episode as a big college guy to her little high school girl. And then he later, like, asked ew. her out. And I'm just like, ew. And so he is, like, the new love interest. He is back in the picture a couple episodes later when Joey can't come to Pacey's, like, play opening night because she has to go to some mathematician's house with AJ the douchebag. And <laughs> so Bessie, Joey's sister, also side-eyes the older guy, quote-unquote. So i glad it's not just me, but it's also, like, why are you doing it? Like, this happens all the time with this, like, trope of, like, you know, oh, yeah. high school kids dating adults. It's like, why are you doing this? Ha- yes, yes. But the thing, like, the, the hard thing is, is that also these high school kids that are playing the high school kids, like, don't look like high school kids, right? Like, yeah. what if they actually looked like high school kids? That would look even, like, imagine how much creepier it would a- look if they actually looked age appropriate. It's, yeah. like, almost like there's a suspension of disbelief because they actually probably look more age <laughs> I know. They look like they're just like the same age. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. For sure. And I, that's probably how the trope has gone on for so long. Oh, yeah. Um, so that brings us to where the Pacey, AJ, Joey love triangle of it all and the principal of the green of it all sort of collide in this episode, Crime and Punishment. So at the beginning of the episode, Pacey shows up while Joey is working on a mural in her school. And so we're like, oh, Joey's, you know, back to her art thing, you know? So apparently, like, Principal Green has commissioned a bunch of students to do a unity mural <laughs> whatever their interpretation of unity is. i know but it sounds like something that would happen now too oh, like yeah. unity no, totally. very generic unity like totally like it's honestly like the same kind of solution as like writing black lives matter on like you know the the street or whatever yep yeah. absolutely feel good shit but so it's it's an opportunity you know for joey to create art at school so she's doing it so we're introduced <clears throat> to that concept and then also this bad boy whose party they all went to earlier in the season so you know that he's you know a certified bad boy he throws parties his name's matt caulfield and he is being seen before the disciplinary committee which at this point still includes andy and obviously also Principal Green. And apparently he like made some sort of joke where he called his mom in the middle of a test asking for an answer like he was on a game show. So he is before the disciplinary committee because oh my god! Even though apparently she didn't know the answer. Anyway, it's it's comedy, but (laughs) um, not a friend. Yeah, but Principal Green kind of lets him go even after Andy, being a full-on fascist at this point, thinks he should get a failing grade and a three-hour detention. But this is all to say that it's very clear that Matt Caulfield spends a lot of time in front of the disciplinary committee. You know, he is your standard douchey white kid who just is like making trouble and like a mean-spirited dude and another classic high school drama trope yes exactly and then the other thing that before we start watching some clips
clips. I also think it's hilarious, and this sets the scene for the racial tension aspect of all of this, is that Jesse, Joey's sister, and her husband, partner, not really sure if they're married or not, Bodie, who is a black man, they are like gonna go to the school to see the mural get unveiled, and they're all excited, and they're they're also talking about how like it's hard for them to go back to the school, and they're kind of like enduring going back to the school in order to see Joey, you know, succeed. And Bodie is like, what are there, like, 10 black kids at that school? And Joey's like, 11. Oh, my God. But that, <laughs> it's wild that they even, like, addressed that because, like, yeah. I don't, like, the other teen dramas of that era or the ones that came soon after, like, also were, like, all white with maybe, like, one token person of color, but they didn't really name it. Yeah. So it's interesting that it was named. I just feel like that era was not about talk, like, they, it, it would be, like, kind of like a don't ask, don't tell kind of, <laughs> kind of thing where, like, it was, it was there and present but not named so it's actually interesting to even like address the lack of diversity yeah totally and it's kind of funny because it's like both the problem with the teen dramas of the era and just like tv in general of the era totally but also it's very indicative of like where it's set like <laughs> oh yeah my friend Liv who's been on this podcast a lot she grew up you know a mixed race black woman on on Cape Cod and it was wow. not fun <laughs> I am sure it, the Cape is like probably that and Western Mass are probably the least diverse I mean parts of Western Mass actually so yeah the Cape is probably the least diverse of all of Massachusetts most most white completely yeah so I actually think it's pretty like you know and pretty accurate like plot line to place in this town in Cape Side. Actually, there's like been I don't know if there was there might have been something with a Cape High School, but there's been like several like like three incidents in the last year. I would maybe it can be added to your show notes later, but like of like high school like white high schools in Massachusetts. Like there was like one that was like taunting like an all black and brown uh, other football team that they were against that was from Boston, but the the other high school that was like taunting them. I think they were on the Cape. And there was like some incident where they were taunting and the, the students and like even parents were getting involved. Uh, there was this other hockey team in Danvers. They like apparently had some like really racist hazing stuff going on. So like racist high school stuff in Massachusetts is not just in the teen dramas. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, sadly very true Teen, we're gonna start watching this plot line we're gonna pick up where joey goes to unveil her mural about unity and now the last of our cape side high murals i'd like to ask joey potter to step up and grace us with a few words about her creation well uh principal green said the mural should focus on what unifies us as a school and if you think about it nothing really unifies us I mean, even our mascot is divisive. The Minuteman, right there, you've alienated half the student population. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that I could think of that unites us all, that we all have in common, is that, it's that we all start off in kindergarten thinking that we can be anything that we want to be. And by the time we get here, we've, we've somehow lost that feeling. We've all started to believe whatever our parents or our friends have told us about what we can achieve and who we can be in life, and, and we've forgotten about that possibility we had when we were younger. And that's what I think we all have in common. And that's what the symbol on my painting means, possibility. I painted it because I thought we could all use a daily reminder that if you believe in yourself, even when the odds seem stacked against you, anything's possible. So I hope you like it. Been defaced. 
Don't you think they'd check it before unveiling? I know, right? Oh, poor Joey. I hated all the zoom-in shots on Dawson. Oh my god, I know. So many. So many. I mean, I like the ones on Pacey, though. Those were cute. Yeah, no, I know. But the Dawson ones were like, yeah. It was like, yeah, she's speaking truth to power right now. And yeah. Like, Is she? Oh, but no. <laughs> No, it was cute. It was like a cute. Um, I just thought it was really funny how it's it's like a chi like a, what it was supposed to be was like a Chinese symbol for like possibility, which just yes. feels very like two thousand. <laughs> oh my god, totally. Yeah. Oh my god. Also, like, is it like did someone make sure that is the correct Chinese symbol for possibility? <laughs> it would be very two thousand for it to be the wrong symbol. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it actually means like hate. Yeah. <laughs> so. Poor baby Joey just got like publicly humiliated. After being so vulnerable. Yes, yes. After being very vulnerable in front of everyone. Poor babe. And so Pacey like takes it upon himself to like figure out who did it. And everyone seems to think it's Matt Caulfield. And so he like pins him up against the car and is like, confess, confess. Like I know it was you. It's honestly, you know, it's hot. You know, we, we, we know we know what we're about here. <laughs> so, uh, Pacey and Matt end up in a straight-up fight in the student parking lot, and Principal Green breaks it up, but Matt confesses to doing it in the process of the fight, because he did do it. Of course he did. Yeah. So, we're going to watch what happens next, which is that uh, Matt Caulfield is once again in front of the disciplinary committee, and uh, we'll see what his punishment is, according to Principal Green. You challenge my commitment to reshape this school into a community. Principal Green, <laughs> it was only a mural. Yes, it was only a mural, but it was so much more than just a mural. You don't fool me, Mr. Caulfield. I know exactly who you are. You've been led to believe you're untouchable, so you disrupt the school, you disobey the rules. You serve to divide the student body with your arrogance and your attitude. Now, you may be smart and you may be rich, Mr. Caulfield, but you are not above the law. And for that reason, it is my decision that you be expelled from Cape Side High. So he says above the law, but expelled. is it like the law of the school? You heard me. I guess so. For the rest of the year. For the rest of the year. Also looks Grant. 40. Do you have any idea what my father's going to say about this? Yes. I have a very good idea of what your father's going to say about this. Yeah, he's like, I don't care what your father has to say. I'm expelling you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's a lot to unpack there. I don't. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know that like 100% agree that the kid should be expelled. I also don't not agree. Like, you know, like, just, I don't know. Totally. But also, I think it's like weird how he, that, that's what I mean. The principal was like, you're, like, you're not above the law. Like, he's making it sound like it's like, we're talking about like literal legal law, but he's <laughs> talking about like above the law of like the school law. Like code of conduct. Or yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I do think that there is something to be said for like, Matt Caulfield being the like the trope of like the rich kid who just like knows that he's set for life and doesn't have to actually oh, yeah. try so he just like fucks around and he's like you know happy he says his hurt. dad's gonna step in right, yeah right and he hurts other people and so it's like I, I understand the impulse to be like well you're just like you won't be stopped because you think you can do anything because you're rich and like your dad will always have your back so you just do whatever you want all over my school and like you're li at this point you're making it so that I can't as he said create a community and you're dividing people so he i can see the impulse being okay well i just need to get you out of here like i've uh, he tried to give 
them a chance at the beginning of the episode. I think that's important that they included that. I was going to say, yeah, that's probably important, too. It's not just, like, like one strike and he's out. Yes. And so it's also shown that generally Principal Green is a fair person because Pacey also has to go up against the disciplinary board because he got into a fight with Matt. And he is given community service. And he has to be, like, a mentor to a little kid. And he's like, I think this will help you. And so it's like the general spirit is that Principal Green wants to help these kids be better people but he clearly feels like there's nothing like he can do with matt caulfield like that matt caulfield is beyond his you know help right like no community service and mentoring of a child will make him not an er like he said arrogant like principal green called him arrogant like that's those those are fighting words to to a student whose daddy is probably gonna swoop in and say something about this so yep and and he does this full well knowing like you know he's a black man in a white ass town oh yeah so all the people on that disciplinary board besides him are white yep so at the end of the episode joey comes upon pacey trying to help repaint the mural like paint it over so that she could start over again theoretically which is like cute but we basically in the next episode open on a school board meeting that's happening about matt caulfield being expelled school board meeting parents at school board meetings yeah interesting interesting i think we're gonna have a lot to say about that (laughs) oh boy yep here we go Angry white parents. Well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah, if you're an enraged parent with a misguided agenda, it's going great. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Superintendent, but I don't recall the Board of Ed passing any rule that allowed a lunatic to start handing out death sentences just because one of our kids acted like a kid. Please, please. As I've mentioned, I've strongly urged Principal Green to reconsider his decision. But as much as I wish it weren't so, Principal Green has final say in all Cape Side High disciplinary matters. Right. Dr. Fielding, Dr. Fielding, Mayor. Yes, please, please, Mr. Caulfield. You consider yourself a member of this community? Yes. Are you going to let the personal prejudices of an outsider ruin my son's future? I can't take this anymore. I have to say something. This is ridiculous. This whole thing has been blown out of proportion. This is a PTA meeting, young lady, not a pep rally. Now, you'll have your seat, please. Well, isn't anyone going to defend Principal Green for everything that he's done? Miss Potter, my son tells me that you're the one whose mural was destroyed. This has nothing to do with me, okay? You're exactly right. What it has to do with is the scare tactics of a man whose extremism and notions of justice are better suited for an urban war zone than our civilized. Oh, my God. What I'm saying is that if this educator were doing his job in any capacity, none of us would have to be here tonight. And if you were doing your job as a parent, Mr. Caulfield, maybe your son would still be in school right now. Yeah, yeah. Filed in the guidance office over an inch thick. Principal Green is a fair man. I'm sure he seems that way to you, dear, and to maybe some of the other students whose families don't embrace. Don't embrace the values that we oh, as a way you get off attacking oh. his family. You don't know anything about her family. People, that's enough. As of this Friday at 3 o'clock, if Principal Green has not reduced Matt Caulfield's expulsion to a more reasonable sentence, I will ask him to tender his resignation. Yeah. 
what I think just happened, happened. Fielding's going to railroad Green into changing his ruling. Either that or out of town. Okay. Wait, that's not the right song. No, whatever we downloaded had the old version. Oh, wow. Or the, the version the, the that wrong, was the streaming the alternate version. version. Yeah, yeah, the alternate theme song. It is really funny. It's like, hard is in my... Yeah. Oh my god, I can't. Anyway, not, okay. not as iconic, no. Not, not even a little bit. But okay, so that was a lot happened <laughs> in that school. Wow. Week. PTA meeting. Sorry, I stand corrected. PTA meeting. Not a pep rally, Maria. Not, yeah, it's definitely not a pep rally. But yeah, that honestly, in and of itself, is very, like, teenager, like, the kids not getting to have a say and, like, the idea that she even stood up being like, this is a PTA meeting, bitch. Like, you know, like... Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh my god, the 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 racist language from yeah. the, the father. Oh, like talking about you know the doing things the right way, uh, urban going back to an urban landscape extremism, which is all these words used, and also like referencing Joey's family and like thinking about like you know her sister dating a black man. Yep. Like, I, I I mean just all of it, all of it, um, horrible and. <laughs> yeah. And uh, unsurprising. Honestly, so just surprising that the show took this on, to be real. Cause it's oh, just, totally. It's That's so, what I mean. With the Yeah. It like, ta- it's literally saying these things. Like, like it's... the coded language was just, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. The urban war zone. Like, I, the idea of, like, the urban environment being, like, distinctly different from the, like, suburban environment was such a thing we were growing up. I mean, like, obviously in some areas of thought it still is but yeah and also they called him like a lunatic at one point like that's not great (laughs) but also he says it like the guy who's the guy like the head of school board is that who speaks like superintendent he says at the beginning yeah he says like oh superintendent okay he's like i like the principal has the final say like i can't do anything but then by the end is like if he doesn't resign or no if he doesn't uh take back the expulsion he must resign like do you have the power do they even have the power to do that exactly it feels like this like sneaky way of being like oh he has final say except for he doesn't like (laughs) right like if it unless it doesn't fit with our our white suburban bubble comfort you i don't know that wasn't the most articulate way to say that But yeah, I mean, this obviously reminds me so much of the school board meetings over critical race theory right now. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, like, just, like, the va- vaccine mandates, too. Like, it's kind of uh, all, masks. It's kind of yeah, all it's happening. All... <laughs> yeah, I mean, to those parents, it's, like, all the same. Like, it's yep. it's all about, like, you're con- they're controlling our students, uh, the, the, taking away their freedoms, our freedoms. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with these parents, and... Uh, at least there were like people on the other side of this meeting like i feel like like i don't know like i feel like i don't know i don't see you know like there were people that were like applauding for and there was someone on the on the board who was supportive of the principal and i do like wonder in real life for these critical race theory meetings that are happening like you know the the negative voices are prevailing but like what is the resistance against them at these meetings too is there is there a little joey speaking up i hope so but yeah no that's a good question i feel like i have seen a lot of people on the left kind of talk about how we need to be like going as hard on like school board 
awards and like right. lower level stuff like that like because the right has certainly taken that strategy and run with it and so if we're not there to mm-hmm. like counter that it's like oh yeah problem. they're controlling the narrative over yeah. it like they're completely owning the narrative like we don't like when you think of those school board meetings you think of those right wing nut job parents <laughs> you you don't think of like a counter resistance at them yeah so maybe that's a call to the left guys we gotta get involved in schools yeah Especially be be a joey yeah if you're a 30 something millennial with literal children you go school board your ass off i yes. probably won't be doing that until i procreate but <laughs> <laughs> no let's just show up at random school board <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yell at yell at racist white parents. Yeah, I was like I'm a taxpayer. I mean, theoretically, we do pay taxes that go to school. Yeah, it's true. And maybe if they're on Zoom, we can Zoom bomb them. Yeah, true. Well, you heard it here first. I'm just kidding. We we're not doing that. We're totally not doing that. <laughs> what? Who mentioned? Who mentioned this? Just uh, this plan? Yeah. Yeah, and then also I don't know if you noticed that there was a reporter in the in the PTA meeting. Yes. Yes. So there's Did. gonna be we're gonna watch like as part of this there's a subplot with that where gail dawson's mother used to be an like when the show started she was Mm -hmm. like like a reporter and so right now she's not a reporter anymore she's like opening a restaurant it's like her plot line now in season three but she kind of ends up returning to journalism temporarily because she sees how badly sherry the reporter who was in that meeting how badly she's covering the story oh my god very interesting discussion about like media bias and just like bad reporting on like movement sensationalization yes exactly which again i think is very relevant to the present day so that was kind of the beginning of that this is all being like reported on on like whatever hyper local like news station we're talking about here i don't even think like i'm trying to like in irl like does the Cape even have their own? Like, I don't think they have their own news stations. I would not. <laughs> they just have Boston. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go to Pacey and Joey, actually. And Pacey, I think it's important to know, is the first one who suggests that Joey take her impulse to stand up at that school board meeting and, like, do something with it. What happened in there was so unjust, and not to mention personally demoralized. You know how this system works, Joe. Convicts, mental defectives, and people under the age of 18 are routine deny the chance to participate in decisions that affect their everyday lives. And the problem is that the squeaky wheel gets all the grease. I mean, well, these idiots rant and rave about low test scores. I mean, the people who are perfectly happy with the way things are just sit back and mind their own business. True. Happy, satisfied people rarely attend emergency PTA meetings. And teenagers, I mean, come on. They'd have to be coaxed and prodded before they'd actually set down their PlayStations, turn off TRL, and do something about something. You said it, sister. <laughs> so who's going to rally the troops? Obviously nobody. You could. <laughs> yeah, Joey Potter against the system. What am I going to do, paint another mural? Uh-oh. I don't even know why I bothered to go. I mean, it was a total waste of time. There were barely any students there, and I got two sentences out before I was attacked. Joey, you can't just expect people to rally around a cause that doesn't exist. They need leadership. They need... That's what Pacey said. Pacey? <laughs> what kind of a name is Pacey? I think you're going to see this. 
I'm on the phone. Oh, really? I think you're gonna want to see this. Safe school. Sorry, hold on, EJ. Concerned parents demanded actions and answers tonight from Capeside School Superintendent Byron Fielding. The uproar started when a high school girl painted a mural that was intended to bring unity. Instead, all it brought was discord and the potential resignation of oh, a high school. Oh my god, they don't even say it. They don't even say it was vandalized. Howard Green has thus far refused to comment publicly on his controversial decision to expel. Matt Caulfield, a senior, accused of vandalizing a so-called unity mural and fighting with another boy who took exception to the prank. The other boy was let off with only community service, leading some in this community to question Green's motives and wonder whether he did let vandalize the mural agenda affect his judgment. Joey Potter, the girl who painted the mural, was present at tonight's meeting and summed it up best when she said this about Caulfield's harsh punishment. This is ridiculous. This whole thing has been blown out of proportion. I never now, said that. We believe you said. Oh my God, they took it out of context. I mean, I said it, but not in that context. I mean, this isn't fair. This, after a break, no one is ever gonna give me the chance to say everything that I wanna say. You're right, they won't. Not unless you stand up and demand to be heard. Show them you won't be ignored. What are you suggesting? So we will pick back up with that in a second. I figured we would stop first to talk about everything that just happened. <laughs> Oh my god. First of all, wait, her college boyfriend looks like off-brand Pacey. Right? Right? And he is Just saying. He is, yes. You know, very off-brand. <laughs> I do love a lot of what Joey and Pacey said in their original scene, because they really are two of the characters who I feel like have sort of faced the most, like, injustice. Mm-hmm. Like... Adversity. Yeah, Pacey's dad's like an abusive cop, so, like, which is a very real trope, uh, a really real thing that happens in real life. So he He's dealt with being kind of like the black sheep kid who gets treated like absolute shit by his parents and you know Joey oh. has like you know she's like the way that people treated her at that meeting is like how like the whole town has always treated her since her dad is in jail and her sister had the audacity to get pregnant and be pregnant by a black man <laughs> so it's like I, I feel like the way that they're talking about just like how like this is injustice that we like how would we even begin to like tackle it like I just appreciated their little little teenage oh yeah uh, and like brain. you know her her talking about they can't get out their playstations stop yeah. watching trl yeah. replace that with with nintendo switches and tiktok yeah, exactly oh my god yeah uh, yeah. yeah kids are definitely not watching trl anymore no because <laughs> mtv doesn't have music videos anymore <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we grew up in the, like, reality TV age of MTV, so... Like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. but I do remember the TRL and, like, Carson Daly days, because yeah. I, yeah. I had older sisters, too, who were watching it, so... I had I had that, and, like, remember the whole thing from High School. Anyway, TRL yeah. was, like, the biggest thing ever, yeah, so... Totally I mean, was. very, very relevant for Joey to say that. Dude, I, I just hate that AJ's the one who, like, somehow managed to get through to her, even though he said the exact same thing that Pacey said. Like, I'm just like... Literally, <laughs> he said the exact same thing Pacey said and made fun of Pacey's name. I know. Like, why? Like, your name is AJ? Like, I was just like, look, your, your name is two letters. Like... <laughs> Again, this is why this is why I had originally had uh, his name, the college boyfriend, in the title. Yes. <laughs> but then also, so during the Sherry story, there was a very visual thing that I feel like was important to to point out. They showed this like footage of Principal Green looking like 
as angry. It was like the angriest picture or video, whatever it was, oh. they could find of him. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, that's total tactic of when the like the media. Like I, I actually, it's funny. I sometimes like turn on local news, like see. I actually Nikki, another uh, a friend of ours, another podcast guest. She comes over to watch this uh, show impeachment, and we were looking at the local news. It's commercial break, and we were talking literally about they were doing some profile on some like bad developer guy, but they were using like this like cutout image of him that was like horrible and like they kept like slamming it on the screens the same shit like the like they they just do that and it's like and it's like so transparent but it's like you think it's fake but then they do it in real life yeah no they totally do and it it almost reminded me of like you know the kind of like picture that uh, a right-wing publication would run of like obama when they were trying to fear monger oh yeah like you know like just it was so bad and like that's that's just one layer of how bad that story was then there's the fact that she took joey's words out of context that it's um, like literally every line of that story i was like no 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 like not even saying about the like they don't even mention the vandalizing till like as like an aside later yeah and they don't as you pointed out while we were watching it like pacey like did a completely different crime so you know right and yet they're all he got was yeah yeah, because he didn't do the do the original crime the original bad thing yeah and I don't think this is going to be the first time that I say this, but it just, it totally reminds me of, like, shitty reporters who, like, just write whatever the cops say as truth in, like, any situation, where it mm-hmm. feels like a very similar, it seems like she just took what the, like, parents were saying and just, like, wrote it as truth. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's because, it's because as Joey was saying, the most angry people are going to be the ones that are actually, like, vocal. That's what I should have said. Yeah. The ones that are really fired up are going to be the ones that, like, speak to the reporters. So they won't hear the, the nuances of it because they're only going to hear from the ex- talk about extremist yeah. views. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, well, I think we can continue. So, basically, AJ got through to Joey, and she is now putting up flyers that say, Save Principal Green, meeting tonight, 5 o'clock. Uh-oh. Well, Norma Ray, looks like you took my advice after all. And what advice? He called her Norma Ray. Just meeting yeah. rallying the troops. I have to say, this is a big step forward for you. I mean, I've known as the Capeside Crusader far and wide, breaking down sexual stereotypes, eradicating rogue teachers, but you, you're definitely more the rebel without the cause type. So look, I just wanted to say, don't hesitate to ask for any help that you might need, seeing as this whole thing was my idea in the first place. You were encouraging, yes, Pacey, but this meeting was hardly your idea. That's the way you want to play is fine with me. If you want to pretend like you devised this whole call to action. I didn't. I'm all out. <laughs> me too. Oh, that's right. You guys have you guys have never met. Um, Pacey, this is AJ. AJ, this is Pacey. Right, the one with the peculiar name. How you doing? <laughs> AJ came down to help us rally up the troops. Rude. Yeah, give Capeside a small taste of some tried and true college protest action. Uh, <laughs> Quick, Green's coming inside, and you guys gotta see this. Literally, it's Pacey with a worse haircut. <laughs> Joey, after you. 
much like the anti-vax protesters that have come after them, there are the horde of angry white teachers outside of the school. And honestly, like the fuck, they honestly also remind me of the white people who have come before them trying to stop school integration. Oh my god, yeah. Totally. Like, at their school entrance? Are you kidding me? Yep. That sneaky reporter right there. Yeah, like, you know when people, like, do the side-by-sides of, like, the people, like, protesting, like, school integration and just Trump rallies in general, I I feel like. Like, It's, like, the same thing, like, that, like, angry, like, white woman, like, yelling at, like, a black person, like, thing, like, ugh. Because you just see Mm -hmm. Principal Green, like, just having to walk through that by himself, like, ugh. There's cameras on him. Yeah. Ugh. He just has like a. But he has a brave face though. Like he's just just sad. He has to. Yeah. So AJ and his give tape side a taste of some tried and true college protest action. As somebody who did that, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Oh God. Honestly, you just sound like such a prick saying that. Just like like, empower, don't mansplain. Yeah, and you didn't like invent protesting and college students didn't invent protesting. Like protest happens everywhere where there are communities of people who can organize together. So like, (laughs) like, (laughs) like such a prick i hate him yeah and he just like and also just like why do you think that you should be here in this community like putting up posters and shit like it's so home right like you could help joey from afar like let her do this if you really want to help exactly things are starting to heat up we got a we got a meeting we got protesters escalating on the other side of the of the aisle if you will so we're gonna just move quickly to gail kind of deciding that she's going to report on everything because of how bad egregiously bad sherry's reporting is she kind of roasts it and like kind of makes some good points about like why bad reporting sucks concerned parents showed up at cape side high today to express their outrage at a principal who many think has gone too far thanks for helping out tonight honey Thank me, thank Dad. This one indentured me to his servitude. Not a moment too soon. I must say, this restaurant stuff, it's a lot more work than I expected. Sorry, I couldn't be any sooner. Oh, what happened with that meeting at Joey's tonight? Should have seen her. Totally confident. Totally inspired. You're proud of her. Yeah. How could I not be? You know, I mean, she's finally standing up for herself and fighting back the way I always knew she could. You know, can't help but feel a part of that. She's uh, organizing an action tomorrow. So All these men try to take credit for the show. <laughs> Especially with that spokesmodel turned journalist misrepresenting her story. You know, what kills me is to see a, an important story done badly simply because the person covering it has no idea how to decipher truth from popular opinion. Sounds Ooh. like you miss it. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but hey, I got this place now. Onward and upward. What if you tried to tell the real story about what's going on? Relive my glory days as a field reporter? All you would need to get back in the game is a camera. And a crew. When these days a digital video, a crew is one person. And just who would my one person be? You'll have one indentured servant at your disposal. I don't know, honey. You know, even if we did this and we did it right, there's no promise that the station would run it. They've made it clear many times over that my services are past their prime. Well, we're not doing it for the station. We're doing it for you and for Principal Green and for Joey. So, yeah, there's going to be another journalist on the scene now. (laughs) 
Ooh. But, and also, it's like before the days of like YouTube and, and like people being like, it's, so it's just interesting. They're they're trying to take it upon uh, take it upon themselves. Yeah, totally. Like just in, independent journalism. Yeah, it's the, this is the beginning of it. Yeah, to all digital filming. All you need is one person crew. <laughs> The whole new world mom <laughs> wow imagine you can do it by yourself in the future with selfie cameras yep you wouldn't even need your annoying ass son to come with you <laughs> your indentured servant uh, what a I weird just, weird weird thing to say to your I know, mom they kept that going a little longer than it needed to go um, yeah but i just really appreciated the way that gail roasted jerry's story so like succinctly oh yeah um, and she's just like yeah it sucks when journalists are just bad <laughs> like damn get roasted cherry because <laughs> she said today she just listens to the popular i wouldn't even call it the popular opinion i would just call it the loud opinion yeah totally totally because like yeah and then i guess that's like a large part of what joey and her protest movement have that they're now set out to do is to make it clear that they are just loud but a loud minority and that the majority of the yeah. students want principal green to be their principal um mm-hmm. As Dawson just said, Joey is planning an action in front of the superintendent's office. And so we are going to go to the protest. We barely have enough people to fill a softball team, let alone change the world. We're almost built in the day, Joey. Thanks for doing this. Hot coffee is great for morale. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Where's Joey? She's getting ready for a close-up. She's great, isn't she? A born leader. Uh, she's a peach, all right. There was a series of questions about the nature of the protest and where the movement came from. And then I think that we should concentrate on this. I'm doing a story on the green situation. For cable? I don't know. Truth be told, I was thinking about submitting it to Roger at the station. Hmm. Good luck with that. Joey, I would love to get a follow-up interview with you. In your frosted blonde dreams, Barbie. You don't think it was too hard on me. Sound about right to me. What is it? Superintendent Fielding wants to see you. Me? First signs of resistance falling. Why don't I get that feeling? Because Fielding's an unscrupulous, ineffectual jerk who cares more about job security than about what anybody out here thinks. He's only going to threaten you, Joe. I don't think you should go in there. What do you think? I love the commitment of the the extras who are playing the the protest. Oh yeah, they are oh, really yeah. like so much energy. Yeah, and they have them like going like like it's a picket line like in a circle outside of the superintendent's. Office. Yeah, they're doing it right. Yeah, which again again we can go back to the fact that you know as we just saw with the near IATSE strike, there are union members making this content. So, oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Like, do do we agree? I don't know if, if I'd agree with Pacey or AJ. I guess it's, like, good to know what... I feel like neither. I feel like she needs to go in, like, with a delegation. Yes. No, that's, that's exactly right. Right? Like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, no, you don't go alone because then he can corner you. You need yeah. to, like, go with, like, five, at least five other people or something, like, like to, like, have, like, backup. Like, yeah, uh, have, like, I don't witnesses. know. Like, Exactly. That's what I would say. I would say neither of the men are correct. Ooh, hot fucking take. No, I totally agree. Because I was like, it doesn't feel right to not take the meeting yeah. together. But it also doesn't feel right for just Joey by herself to take the meeting. So you are correct. Agreed. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I mean, also, because, I mean, first of all, we had our, we, uh, Maria and I had our fair share of uh, delegations to the president of our college, and yes. or at least his secretary, uh, <laughs> and it, it, we wouldn't just go up there alone, no, right? Like, th- what, what does that do? I mean, the same thing with the concept of a union, like, you don't have the power just by yourself. That's definitely tricky, but also, I feel like the guys, they were just trying to be right and give her the mm. advice that they, they didn't, I don't know, that wasn't about, that was about ego for them. Totally. Oh, man. And, and honestly, that's what made makes AJ so like ick is that like it seems like he cares more about being able to be like I have this expertise from like college than like actually like giving good advice that's actually gonna lead to like a positive outcome like (laughs) oh yeah no he just wants well it's like yeah he wants to just be like the the um, I'm the big man on campus that you know I'm I, I, I like just I mean, there's a reason he's dating a high school girl when he was mm-hmm. in co- when he's in college. Mm-hmm. Like he needs that. He needs to be like worshipped. Yeah, it's like, not a good look. Honestly, kudos to Pacey for kind of like keeping his shit together and just sort of like quietly like side eyeing this guy and not like you know starting a fight or anything. <laughs> but right, I would find it hard. I would find it hard to be around this dude. <laughs> And then also, I just, I guess the scene also just shows that direct action gets the goods, you know? You, you go outside the superintendent's office with a bunch of students and you're protesting and suddenly the superintendent wants to meet with you. You maybe should have taken mm-hmm. that meeting differently, but still, your direct action got you, got you another step of the way through the campaign. So, um, totally. so we're about to watch the meeting between Superintendent Fielding and Joey and the first image that we see is like the like moose head he has or antler head, deer head. <laughs> there is a stuffed animal in this man's office <laughs> uh, what are the what is it called taxonomy Ta- yes taxidermied animal taxidermy tax- right yes <laughs> taxonomy or taxidermy i don't know <laughs> is josephine potter correct yes have a seat when I mean, you can hear the i protesters. assume you know who i am <laughs> mm-hmm. the man who shows up for football games and graduation <laughs> so he's standing by the way Though I prefer to think of my involvement in your life as a touch more personal than that. I hear you're responsible for that dissonant clamoring outside. That true? Well, parents can pick at a school, students can pick at a superintendent's office. Fair enough. And just what is it you intend to accomplish with this First Amendment display? Well, it's our belief that Principal Green was right in expelling Matt Caulfield, and he shouldn't be forced into changing his ruling simply because... No one's forcing him. Pardon me, Dr. Fielding, but you threatened to ask for his resignation. That wasn't a threat. That was a direct request. As a representative of the student body, I'm telling you what is happening to Principal Green is wrong. As far as I know, all you represent is that meager handful of students out there right now. And that's it. Well, there's more of us. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot more. In fact, we have a a student-signed petition with 300 signatures. 300? Mm Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a rally tomorrow night. I mean, if you think the crowd last night was vocal, I mean, you just wait until tomorrow. I didn't know about this. Make no mistake, Dr. Feeling. There's a voice that doesn't agree with what's happening here, and that voice will be heard. I'm all in. Now, I suggest that you and your friends hurry back to school before that principal you love so dearly has to serve you with detention for cutting class. I was cutting class. I'm not sick with a cold. Ooh, sick out. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. So it really goes to show she should have had people in that meeting. By yeah. the way, he like he's like where he's like just that handful of people, and she like mentions the petition with three hundred signatures, and she says it's not just them, but like going in with not just herself would have underscored that. 
Yep, and I don't know if it was like very obvious from the way she was saying it, but she is a hundred percent lying. Like she did not oh. have those plans in her head when she walked in. She's oh yeah, improvising a hundred percent and funny. It's like she wrote her whole escalation plan like on the spot in this meeting. She's like, we yes, a, we have a petition and a rally. <laughs> right, or she's like retconning it, right? Yeah, like exactly. she's like, yeah, yeah, we already did all that stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, we're building power. We're building power. It's fine. The power is built. The power has been built. <laughs> we're going to see what she has to do now as a consequence of that. But first, we're just going to quickly check in with our little media bias plotline. Because Principal Green, as I think it's very important that we make sure that we include the Principal Green scenes we do get to have since he decides not to speak on the issue. And we sort of start to get an idea of like why he doesn't want to speak on it. About the situation in the community as a result of Matt Caulfield's expulsion. I talked to Nikki this afternoon. She said it was okay. I just wanted you to have an opportunity to speak. For everyone to know your side of the story. I know my side of the story. That's all that matters. I'm sorry, but my daughter misinformed you. It's Green, for what it's worth. Uh, people severely misinterpreted you in this entire situation. Are you sure you don't want a chance to explain your actions? It's not my job to prove to people that I'm a fair and decent man. If they don't know that by now, some soundbite on a television show is not going to help. When you see a good fight, get in it. Dr. King's words, but your lesson to me. This is not a good fight, Nikki. The more I try to prove myself, the more I empower this insane notion that I'm an enraged man on a bigoted tirade. Mm. I'm sorry, but I can't grant you the interview. Have a nice day. He's like, just so fucked either way, you know? Yeah, like, well, especially as a black man. Yeah. Like, that's just like the, the that's what he's not saying, but he is saying in this scene. He's like, yeah. I can't be the angry black man who's just going to enrage them further. Yep. Like, like, I can't win in this situation. Yeah. And I, I kind of like, that was actually like a pretty, like, you know, they invoked Dr. King and I actually thought it was a pretty good use. Of, like, you know, sometimes. Oh, yeah. These kinds of shows will invoke Dr. King and maybe they should have left it alone. But I thought this one went, went well. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also not something you like always hear uh, yeah. in terms of a Dr. King quote. Yeah, yeah, and it, he's right. Like this isn't a good fight. It's in absolutely just like you know white parents stirring up trouble just to protect one of their own. Like there's nothing more to right. it. <laughs> right, and he's like saying by fighting them, I'm legitimizing them. Yep. Go Principal Green, you know, he got his he got his shit together, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to be able to leave knowing he did what he believed was right, you know, the principal has principles. <laughs> I was waiting to say that. Yeah, good one. And so now we're gonna go to basically rally headquarters, which is the Potter B&B and kind of reminds me a little bit of the night we were making posters and putting out together our social accounts the night before the delegation to the oh boss my God. and the workers yes. we worked on, you know, the so-called secret meeting when the secret was about to no longer be a secret. Yes. So. No, uh, multicultural center yeah. room, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the basement of Piano Row. Yep. So they're all making posters and like making calls to people to get people out to the rally and such. And yeah, I also... Maybe I will put pictures. I will try to screenshot and put pictures in the show notes, but I really appreciate the early 2000s flyer design we're about to see in this. <laughs> um, oh boy. Yeah. Is it um, so is it so bad it's contemporary? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's that's great yeah as somebody who does like you know movement comms i just like find yes. i find the look at early 2000s like comms materials essentially to be like hilarious <laughs> it's 
That's all I... Yeah, that I'm was saying it might have been nice to have a little heads up before you invented a petition with over 300 signatures. But I don't even think we have 300 students at our school. She had to bluff. How else was she going to get the guy's respect? Right. Look, it'll be fine, Pacey. Just tell us what we're doing to get people to come to the rally. Well, that bluff's going to be a little bit harder to pull off. I mean, a petition is easy enough to fake. You just convince kids that you're campaigning for extra chocolate milk days at the cafeteria, but for a rally, you got to produce actual bodies. Those are problems. We need solutions. All right, which we have. See, Pacey here said thing internet, so Jack is oh, right yeah. now putting an announcement out on the Capeside website, and Andy is getting word out the old-fashioned way. Okay, well, if you don't come, then you can forget about me participating when it comes to putting all those little names and faces together in the yearbook, okay? Hey! Personal touch is always nice when it comes to blackmail. Oh. Hello? Hello? Oh, uh, no, hold on one second. Hello? Betsy! Yeah, for you. Cool. Yeah, this is the rally. Joey! Is that a new flock? For your approval, of course. That math book? Good, because I already ordered 500 copies. How are we going to pay for that? Uh, we're not. Actually, Pacey managed to convince a civil-minded coffee shop owner to run them for free. He did? Yep. Yes, he did. Okay. Okay, attention, everyone. Look, I know you're all working very hard, and we're only 20 people right now, but by tomorrow night, we have to be 200 at least. So keep up the hard work. We got many miles to go before we can sleep. Right. Great job. Are you sure you've ever done this before? Yeah, and I, I can't believe I'm doing it now. Well, staring at them. Thanks to you. You're the one that convinced me to do it in the first place. Oh. All the way down here. I, I couldn't have done it without you. No, yes, you could have. Yes, you could have. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling my eyes too, Pacey. Don't even worry. Fine. But also, it's kind of creepy how Pacey's just standing there staring. I know. He's just like, damn. He's literally just standing there. He has what I want. Wish that I had Jesse's girl, you know. Yeah, so I really, I like appreciate the like general chaos of the like, you know, sort of like campaign headquarters. Uh, yes, yes. Prepping for prepping for a rally for organizing. Yes, it, it's very brings me back. <laughs> yeah. And I love that Pacey is able to convince a coffee shop to like do 500 copies for right. In, like the cause which is great <laughs> which we find out right before joey says oh uh no i couldn't have done this without you pj yeah not pacey who's the one who got the hookups yeah meanwhile like jen is helping putting things on the cape side website i would love to see what that website looks like uh the 2000 oh, cape side website yes and i want some fan to have created it yeah right and Andy is making calls, which, you know, she they say it's the old-fashioned way, but we still make calls today in 2021. Oh, yeah. We text now, too, but, you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I appreciated that. And honestly, like, Andy kind of, like, calling in favors with the people in the clubs that she knows and has a connection with. I was like, that's literally what we did. <laughs> that's, but that's what you have to do yeah, because you have to build. find... Yeah. Yeah, coalition building. I mean, which, like, Maria and I had a lot of experience with in college, but it's, like, the way you you do it because you can't just like try to like ind grab all these individual students that aren't connected the easiest way like the most it's just like efficiency like the most efficient way to get your groups of people is to get groups that already exist and get those groups on board as opposed to just on individuals so it makes it makes sense yeah so um as always you know our teen dramas are reflecting some some real truth about what these protests can look like which I appreciate. And so 
Now uh, we have another, the racial element kind of comes back into play because Jesse got a phone call during the scene, as you may have seen, and we're about to like talk about what the content of that phone call was. And spoiler alert, it's not good. Uh-oh. And I, also I appreciate that she interrupts AJ with this. <laughs> like, yes. yes. Interrupt AJ and Joey, please. <laughs> okay. I just got a phone call. What is it? Some concerned citizen wanted me to know that letting high school students use my place of business as their point of attack against the system is not the best way to keep my business afloat. I don't get it. You don't. Girl. Do. <laughs> Never do. Never do. see, it was probably just a stupid little prank, and I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Caulfield did it himself. Best relax. I'm, I'm sure it's no big deal. What if it wasn't a prank? We can't afford to antagonize the people who hold the mortgage on this house. Or at least Bodie and I can't. We'll still be living here when you go to college. So I'm just supposed to sit around and wait patiently until I get out of this town? I'm not allowed to criticize it or even try to change it in any way? I didn't say that. Look, I can't stop now, Bessie. Is that what you want me to do? Joe, Joe, no one's asking you to stop. I think uh, Bessie just wants you to be realistic about the situation. I am being realistic. Spending a lot of time and effort defending a man who won't even defend himself. How is that realistic? He shouldn't have to defend himself. He didn't do anything wrong. And you're sure of that? You're sure this kid doesn't deserve another chance? Of course I am. Everyone at school knows that Cape Side High is a much better place without Matt Caulfield. The students know it and the teachers know and so it. So all these parents who are so up in arms, they're just wrong? Yes. You weren't at that meeting. You don't know what Mr. Caulfield said, okay? He's got his own personal agenda, and I'm not just talking about saving his son's ass. What do you mean? She means all these concerned citizens wouldn't be fighting this decision so hard if Principal Green were white. Boom. They would still... He upset. Upset, mm -hmm. yeah. And they might try and take action about it, but not like this. There wouldn't be this level of anger and hostility and, and misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And they certainly wouldn't try and threaten the family of some teenage girl trying to speak her mind. I give up. Wow. Joey, you want to change the world from our living room? Fine. Whatever. Yeah, so she's managed to piss off poor Bessie. But Bodie just fucking dropped some knowledge. I mean, uh, like, again, things you don't expect to hear in a late 90s, early 2000s teen drama. Yep. Yep. Because it's so true. And, like, I do appreciate that they, they show that even being in a relationship with a black man, Bessie's still able to not see that completely. Oh, yeah. She has the blind spot completely. Yeah. yeah. And also the fact that, like, the people being loud, some like, the fact that people who are loud are being represented clearly is creating, like, they're dominating the narrative. If even Bessie is starting to be like, well, are you sure that they don't have a point? Right. Yeah. She's like, well, there were so many people there and they were so loud. They're all saying the same thing. Like, yeah, this must be legitimate. Exactly. And so it just really shows that, like, Gail's whole point is, like, is real, which is, like, you can't, like, if you, once you start legitimizing things in the media like this, like, you, you really do have a responsibility for the narrative you create. Right. <laughs> So, um, indeed, indeed. And so after this, we I'm, we're not going to watch it because it's a very visual thing. But we see Pacey putting flyers up all over town for the rally. What? And, you know, he is confronted by Jen, who's kind of like, listen, I know that you have feelings for Joey. It is very clear by the way you stare at her and AJ. <laughs> yeah i mean we saw that look she gave in that scene yeah. we, there was like a quick cut of that oh look she was giving she's yeah. like i see you i see you staring at them creepily yeah well it's funny because he like you know how you like staple flyers to like poles and stuff he's kind of like yes. doing it very aggressively and she's like okay i think that one's good i think you're good mm -hmm. like maybe, maybe got some feelings you're getting out there <laughs> Oh boy, poor Pace. But at the end of the day, he's such a good boy. He's he's, he's hurt, yet he still goes out and gets all those flyers up. 
because he wants to, you know, help the movement, and that's why I and love And Joey. Him. And Joey. And Joey, yes. So we're going to go to Gail's interview with the superintendent, where she kind of hands him a new one, and I feel like it kind of wraps up her point about the whole media situation here. Because there's two sides to every story, and it's not our job to editorialize. Well, I'm sorry, but it's my editorial opinion that the world's heard not from your side. Honey, if I didn't do this interview, I'd be just like Sherry, picking the news that I want to tell. Well, why shouldn't you? Everyone else does these days. No, not the best journalists. The best ones just ask the right questions. That's the only way that the truth can surface. Dr. Fielding, we'll see you now. What we're asking Principal Green to do is not an unreasonable request. Simply readmit one student who may have caused a little trouble here or there. Yes, but most of Matt Caulfield's fellow students side with Principal Green on this one. Green could offer to shorten the school day by 15 minutes. They'd follow him anywhere. They can make a lot of noise, though. This rally, for instance. They can rally all night for all the good it's going to do them. Howard Green has until Friday at 3 o'clock to rescind his ruling, or it's going to be his last day at Capeside. It would seem to me that firing Principal Green is as extreme as him choosing to expel Matt Caulfield. Now, are you really sure that firing their principal is what's best for the students? It's what's best for this community. And that's who you're responsible to, the community. Ultimately, yes. Could I ask you to read something for me, sir? Of course. Could you please read line item number one on that page? Uh... I hereby declare to, above all else, protect and serve the welfare of each student in this district to the best of my ability. What is this? A contract for Capeside Superintendent of Schools. The one which states what he's hired to do. In fact, that is your signature on the bottom of that page, Dr. Fielding, is it not? Yes. Yes, it is. So what you're holding is a contract, which you've signed, which states that your number one priority should be to these students and their welfare. In fact, it doesn't say anything about the community anywhere in that contract, sir. Correct? Damn, she got him. was at an end. (laughs) Yeah, and so then... Oh, boy. Dawson kind of has a, like, my mom's so cool moment, and it's like, okay. Also, Dawson, charge your camera. It was bothering me. It only had one battery. Yeah. Which I guess you notice that? Yeah, I did notice that when I was watching the other day. I was like, oh, it's on a full battery. Why would they do that? <laughs> it's just like risking it go to dying in the middle of the interview. Like, why? Very anyway, unprofessional, Dawson. Classic. Um, I, I just like love how like she did manage to expose that he he's clearly just like a racist fucking piece of shit like you know like it's oh, just yeah. like i'm responsible to the community because the community is saying what i want to like hear like that i can get rid of mm-hmm. this like you know black man who's creating a problem for me like mm-hmm. and yeah she uh she showed him i mean it's it's also just classic like you know talk about like campaigns like the research that goes into stuff like finding the contracts like using their own language against them it's always it's that's a great tactic and uh clearly it worked on him i mean in terms of at least uh making him cower with his tail between his legs yep because yeah it just showed that he it's just his own biases and motivations that are really fueling this and not what the students want which is what it should be based on his own right. contract his own con- what is this also what a, what a, you should have don't don't ask what is this you know what that is once you start reading it so it makes you look even worse to ask what the contract is like what yeah. it is it's your oh my contract. god yeah 
after you've read it. So everything is going to start to come to a head now at this like big rally they're going to have. And so right before the rally, you see Nikki, which is Principal Green's daughter, like leaving to go to the rally. And she has like, a real conversation with her dad about like everything that's happening. Get concerned father asks where his daughter's going in such a hurry? He can, but he's not going to like the answer. Joey's rally. You could come with me, you know. You already know my position on that. I'm not sure I know your position on anything anymore. You spent so much time trying to protect how you're seen for fear that they're going to paint you as some angry man. I am angry. And why shouldn't I be? Nikki, do you have any idea how much it hurts to know that I did the right thing and I'm doing the right thing? And because of someone's deep-seated fears, it's not working. Now, I don't want to leave these kids and I don't want to leave this town. And I certainly don't want to put you through this. So yes, I am angry. But if I show men like Robert Caulfield one flash of this anger, they will use it against me. The people tonight aren't like that. They're on your side. They, they support you. They're fighting for you, for us. And they need to know that win or lose, you support them. It's more of, like, really good way of putting the racial politics of all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, it's, he said a lot of the stuff we were saying in the last scene when he wasn't his mom or asking him to be interviewed. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it's just such, he's just like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, there's just no other way to put it. And, and his daughter, you know, is rightfully like enraged and it's like, why won't you stand up for yourself? Like, mm-hmm. uh, especially, and she's referencing, like, after like everything you've stood for, like, in your career to get to this point and like, like what you've taught me, like, that's all the subtext there, too. Yeah, totally. So, we're going to go to the rally. We got our heroine, Joey, making a speech because she. I mean, I think one of the critiques of this episode is how much they make her, like, the leader of everything. Right. So, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Would have been cool if it was, like, the principal's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say that Pace did a pretty impressive job of getting the word out to the people. Don't you think? Yeah. But speaking of Pacey, I haven't seen or heard from him all day. Testing, testing, one, two, testing, unos, dos, okay. As you can see, we're not having any technical difficulties, so I'd like to turn it over to the lady who's responsible for gathering us all here tonight. Let's give her a nice warm round of applause, shall we? Without further ado, Miss Joey Potter. Well, uh, everyone's been coming up to me in the last week asking me why I'm doing this, even people in my family. I've certainly asked myself plenty of times. And it's not because Matt Caulfield trashed my extracurricular art project and I've sworn eternal vengeance against him. It's because some people in our town seem to think that our principal doesn't know what's best for us. That he's some sort of an outsider. But how can he be an outsider when he's been there walking the halls of our school with us every day since September? When he's taken the time to get to know us, to figure out our talents, whether they be filmmaking or student government or painting, and and supported and encouraged all of us who don't even know yet what our talents are. How can he be an outsider when he's been there with us every day trying to make our lives better? I thought that's what we could do tonight. Talk about how Principal Green has made our lives a lot better. Okay, uh, no hands. Uh, Starting to feel like I'm back in Mr. Peterson's English class. It's better, um, Andy. Well, the two most important things that I learned from Principal Green were that mistakes and setbacks aren't necessarily irreversible. And if you can't learn from yourself, then you can't learn and from anybody. And he doesn't treat us like children, even when we he act like them. He treats us with respect and no! listens to what we have to say. 
We've been trying to form this community of I don't really know very many of you. I'm the new kid and all. But what I do know about you is what my father tells me. At home over dinner, while we're watching TV, when we're doing the dishes. Because that's what he talks Principal about. Principal Green showed up! That's all he talks about. As his daughter is speaking. Students, his school. I've always dressed down in the, in the black denim jacket, looking fly. Yep. I had mixed feelings about coming here this evening. But after sitting at home and thinking about some of the things my daughter said earlier, it was clear that I needed to come. She said, Dad, those people are on your side. They're fighting for you. And so I wanted to come and to say thank you for your support. Now, neither myself nor Dr. Fielding seem to be willing to budge on this particular issue, and so it looks like I'll be leaving. But as I look around this evening, I'm motivated because I see a room full of people who have chosen to harness their inner power as individuals. But regardless of the outcome of this situation, know that I thank you. All of you. Thank you. We, we flash to every single cast member looking dejected. <laughs> They're sweet. Yeah, it's... I really liked that he said that. Like that he said, like, I see a room full of people who have learned to harness their inner power as individuals. It's like, oh, yeah. Such a teacher uh... moment. I mean, it's just so sad when you think about, like, as we said before, there have been so many shitty high school principals, like, in real life and on teen dramas over the years. And this one's actually, like, a good one, like, a good, genuine dude who's, like, really trying to, like, be there for his students. And, of course, he gets fucking run out of town. Um, like, I, I kind of, and I kind of hate that he has to accept defeat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to believe it. I know, but I also could see it happening. Oh, yeah, totally. It's just, like, don't know. Yeah, seems I have, illegal. I know, right? This seems wrong. I, in in my notes, I just have, I don't even know what prompted this, but it literally just says good old-fashioned Cape Cod racism. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, I think you might have just been like, 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 because of how he has his just, he has to just concede to it all. Like, oh, there you have it. Good old-fashioned Cape Cod racism. Yep. Like, wins again. That's kind of how I hear your point. Yeah, well, then I, I guess that... <laughs> That's what I'm trying to find. <laughs> I don't know. It's how I'm interpreting your text. Yeah. And I also just really liked, in general, this, like, sort of, like, speak out style, like, situation they had going. Because, like, it was, like, really was the perfect thing to counter this, like, racist idea that he's an outsider who couldn't possibly know what's right. best for the students. Because they're just like, no, mm -hmm. like, he's been here with us every day, all year, like, getting to know us and making sure that he is part of our community. So, like, right. fuck out of here. <laughs> And yeah, and that's a, you know, once again, strategy that we've used before, speaking out with a bunch of people telling stories, uh, personal stories. It's, it has a big impact, for sure. So we're just going to go now to sort of Desi coming to, as it turns out, she ends up coming to the rally. And that sort of disagreement that the family has is sort of mended. Ready to go? Whenever you are. Because Bodie showed she'll up. She'll let us in the house. Bessie? Yeah. yeah. She doesn't, we'll, uh, we'll sleep in the car. <laughs> Want to drive? Stick shift? No thanks. I think I've had enough. <laughs> Aww. Challenges. Oh, Packing down from a challenge. It doesn't sound like the Joey Potter I know. Certainly wasn't the one in front of all those people tonight. You saw? Yeah. Well, Alexander here, he just insisted on coming. See, he's extremely proud of his Aunt Joey. Really? Oh, yeah. When you're not around, it goes on and on about how talented you are and how smart 
And how brave. You know, on second thought, maybe I will drive us home. Yeah, girl. So, yeah, that was the music, though, too. <laughs> They'll believe me. The music only gets better. We have two more scenes left. And in, oh my the, God. Last, in the last one, the music is one of the things I noted. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So for, we're gonna kind of come to Joey coming in to find Principal Green packing up his things because, as he said, no one is budging on either side, and that means that he's got a tender his resignation. Come in. Oh, Miss Potter, you haven't been in my office in a long time. You haven't gotten yourself in trouble, I hope. Aw. You know, you have a few minutes. You, you could still change your mind. Is that what you want? No, I, maybe I, I don't know. Why is that? I know that you're doing the right thing. It's just, uh, I can't help but feeling that maybe I, uh, I failed you. We, we couldn't stop them. We weren't loud enough or, or strong enough. And I'm really sorry. Joey, look at me. Look at me. In all my years in education, I have never felt more successful than I feel right now. Do you understand that? Thank you for fighting for me. Aw. You're welcome. I guess it's time to go home. After you. All right, so we'll, this is going to be our final scene. But yeah, I really liked that moment because I think there's something really valuable there about like campaigns that lose because that's just a reality. Oh, yeah. We fight campaigns and sometimes we win, which is fucking awesome. But sometimes we lose. And sometimes even like in a particular like, you know, thinking of unions in a particular shop, you might have to like try to get an election like multiple times to actually unionize it. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's like an important lesson that like even if you lose the campaign still made an impact like it still had an impact on every single student who like decided to get involved and speak out and like go to a rally and you know yeah. stand up at that meeting you know and what he said is right you know like he's never felt more successful than he does right now like he sees the way that like these students have been able to like come together like the whole idea of like the unity mural like these students all ended up coming together and uniting over a cause right but, but also it's kind of ironic if you think back to joey's speech at the beginning when she talks about like if you think about it when things are hard if you put your mind to it anything is possible which like it was true in the terms of, for you know foreshadowing in terms of like her being able to bring people together but not true in terms of being able to change the outcome yep yep exactly so there's that little nugget and i did find it when she was saying that like a bit idealistic to begin with yeah, uh, yeah. just like they put your mind to it you can do anything but i think that's also where the racial politics of it all come into play it's like as a black man who's a principal of a most vast majority white high school sometimes you can't despite the best efforts no exactly and i think that it was kind of a necessary lesson for her to learn like we know, you know that she doesn't get i would love if this had been the beginning of her like really being like an organizer or something but it isn't but right <laughs> but, but every she, she's still learning along the way yeah you know? exactly and so i think that it was like good for her journey to almost like experience a loss like this even yes yeah to, but to know still know still have someone there to tell her that the fight was still worth it right. oh and i also had a note that the protest spirit seems to remain alive because a couple of episodes after this episode Casey and Dawson find out that the woods where their fort was that they created when they were kids like is being knocked down and even though they don't actually do it uh, Dawson's immediately like we should go chain ourselves to the trees you know <laughs> like, oh wow environmental protests yeah, coming exactly. in exactly I'm like the, the the spirit is still alive only two episodes later 
But yeah, this is the the final scene, and the music is really funny. And so visually, you're going to see all of, I mean, you'll hear it too, but you'll see all of the students lining the hallways to say goodbye to Principal Green. All right. Oh, he looks around his office one last Think time. All the people oh my God. Mr. Green. See you, Joey. Lady <laughs> Holmes is so tall. He is tall in real life. Oh, my God. Just a bunch of white kids clapping at you. There's two black kids in there, and it's it's not a Oh, yeah. Yeah, this song. God for the teachers of our children so the garden can grow. <laughs> oh my god, that's like some Sunday school shit. Where did they find that song? I feel like they composed it for <laughs> this episode. It's like oh my, oh god. my god. I mean I'm not necessarily opposed to like the sentiment, but it's just so funny. <laughs> Well, I guess the sentiment, but the tone of it, and like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. That's creepy. But yeah, so they did one last little act of solidarity. The students kind of show their their power one last time and show that they wanted Principal Green to stay. It's sad. Like, that he's, like, walking out to them, like, I don't know. Yes, it's all, it really is, uh, damn racism. Damn fucking Cape Cod racism. I don't even know why I used that accent, but... (laughs) Because, you know what, our little northeastern minds correlate racism with, like, southern Even accents. though I've lived and in Massachusetts, yes. and there's so much racism there. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we're not going to watch it, but I just thought to summarize it, that the the mural aspect of all this kind of wraps up at the end of the episode, and we find out that Pacey has rented a wall for her in town where she can paint her mural, and she'll have, like, more wow. time to do it. Yeah, very romantic. You rent a wall. I, I assume that it's meant for like ads theoretically, but she's oh, going okay. to she's going to just paint something. Got it. Got it. So that that ends up a, a recurring thing in Pacey and Joey's like little love story that really picks up from here. So she ends up breaking things off with AJ the next episode when she goes to Boston to go into an award dinner with him and finds out that he basically has a uh, a Joey of his own who's like he's clearly in love with who she meets and so she basically tells him to like go be with her and in the middle of the night she calls Pacey to pick her up from Boston because she's like by herself now in Boston and he picks her up and then she's kind of like crying about what happened and she's like anyone who's seen Dawson's Creek will know this because it's an iconic scene uh or at least anyone who's like you know watched it multiple times (laughs) yeah I was gonna say not everyone remembers all the Basically, she's like, I'm never going to find anyone. The only people who know me, like, who've known me in my whole life are, like, Dawson. And and then, like, he's like, oh, I don't want to hear more. Then she's like, and you. I was going to say you. And then he pulls the car over and gets out. And he's like, what did you mean by that? She's just like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't do this anymore. And then he just, like, is like, I'm sick of talking. Are you sick of talking? And then he, like, kisses her for the first time. And so... 
Oh. Yeah. So then the, the mural kind of ends up like, you know, playing a role because she just keeps on putting off like making the, the wall or whatever. So mm-hmm. it, I just think it's kind of kind of fun that this protest episode is like the lead in to the yeah, I mean, line that I appreciate so much. <laughs> well, I think there is something to that, you know, find like finding your voice and all that and finding the person and, you know, it all it, those uh, emotions, I think, can can open up other emotions if you will definitely and it's like the idea of joey you know be growing into a better version of herself it's also like a version of herself who isn't afraid to like actually look at her feelings that she has for this person who she's you know quote unquote not supposed to have feelings for because of dawson or whatever and then actually right. be like no this is a person who would make me happy and by the end of the season she and pacey go sailing away together for the summer so she chooses pacey definitively despite dawson's best manipulation tactics uh <laughs> So, oh, Dawson. Uh, I highly recommend that you go on the ride that is Dawson's Creek season three, not only for this protest episode, but for lots of goodness that happens from start to finish. But yeah, I I couldn't not do this episode, like, for the podcast. I mean, I are you mean... kidding? This is, like, meant for leftist teen drama. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, what, do we have any final thoughts on, on the protests, on Joey as a, as a movement leader? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we, we, we did we did say a lot of it along the way, but I think there are, like, you know, things that she got wrong along the way, like, wrong, quote-unquote, like, in terms of, like, most strategic way to organize, but it was, like, organic in its own way because it was, like, her learning, and, and I, and, you know, it was annoying that she would thank PJ, and even Pacey, for that matter, of, like, yeah. for, you know, saying that she, the reason she was doing it, when really, like, she was figuring this out on her own. She's the one in that room with the principal who came up with the, oh, no, no, we totally have these petitions and this rally happening. Yeah. Like, you know, not giving herself enough credit, but it, it was, it's nice to see that, you know, people had this to watch in the late 90s or 2000, whenever this was, yep. uh, as, like, a as a thing to look up to. Totally, yeah. And Joey, I think, can be the kind of character who gives in to other people's demands sometimes, Mm -hmm. namely Dawson's. So it is really (laughs) lovely to see her standing up and finding her voice and refusing to just take what is supposed to happen. Even if she doesn't quite realize it's her voice yet. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, she, I think that Joey, they do a really good job of like writing the like kind of like unsure of herself teenage girl, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Like in some ways, I feel like some of teenage, teenage characters that get written now, and maybe this has something to do with like Gen Z and shit, but they just seem so much more assured of themselves and who they are as people. And maybe because yes. of like the Instagram and the, all the branding that kids grow up doing now, maybe that's different. I don't know, but. I like it. It's actually really interesting. Totally. It's small tangent, but I was, I I started watching OA on Netflix, which I'm like, I was telling myself I wasn't going to watch it. It's like right at my alley, but because it's only two seasons and I'm going to get annoyed that it's only two seasons. Anyway, mm. but there's like the the first episode, there's like teenagers and there's like sex and like the, the, the girl involved is like telling the guy, like, I'm just doing this for sex. Like, I just want to practice sex. Like, this is just fucking to me. Like the, she like says that straight up. And, and I was listening to a podcast after like, just to like decompress after the first season. And they're saying like, I don't like, is that like real? Like do women like in high school, like, are they that selfish? of like just saying they're doing something like so it's just interesting that you're saying that like because or 
just that's a mile of miles and miles away from this like not sure of herself joey that we're seeing from the year 2000 yep yeah i think the way we talk about teenagers has definitely changed and maybe the way teenagers mm-hmm. actually are has changed too I don't know that's what i mean teenager, like maybe like so. <laughs> exactly like is that like is is yeah exactly yeah so this is just a continual theme that we'll probably come back to like every episode now whether we're talking about a new show or an old show it's always like comparing to the other and i don't know mm-hmm. teenagers are fascinating they scare the shit out of me etc <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, if you think about it, I mean, Maria, the OA is kind of a a teen drama in a way. There are teenagers at a high school. Okay, that's good to know because I haven't watched that one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the first season, especially, but it like it is centered around a high school. There is like a missing girl situation that Uh, comes back after seven years, but it's and there's like supernatural stuff later on but it's the like centered around like these five high school students interesting Although four high school students and a high school teacher played by phyllis from the office Ooh, okay, phyllis. <laughs> i see you <laughs> yeah so it, it's a teen drama in a way <laughs> good to know good to know so i mean i think we've run out of my notes Thank you, as always, for joining us, Emma. Of course. For yet another lovely teen drama plotline. Always happy to commentate. Yeah. And, you know, we, we tried our best not to be too too hard on them, I think. <laughs> I thought we were going to make fun of I thought we were going to end up making fun of them more than we did. I'm just going to say that. Because, like, when I first proposed this episode, it had been a while since I had actually, like, written down, like, oh, we should do this right. episode. And so I had forgotten how much, like, good, meaty stuff there is. And I was just like, oh, we're That's what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty to make fun of and scoff at which like we did like while the cops were playing but like there was there, like like they talked about like race yeah. in 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 a what in a white sub suburban high school like that just didn't really happen for uh teen dramas of the time yeah and now we have the same angry white mob so yeah i, I guess if anything comes out of this our, our, our call to action is that if you have a kid you should consider getting involved in the school board because these crazy people still fucking exist they're mad about critical race theory and math mandates and they are out there or else marie and i will show up and zoom bomb them (laughs) yes exactly all right well we'll see y'all next time thanks for listening to leftist teen drama follow us on social media for updates Links to our Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok are in the show notes, along with links to suggested additional reading on the topics discussed. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Solidarity forever, free Palestine, and abolish the PIC. Signing off, Maria.